0: Hello, and welcome to our podcast. Allow me to introduce the team. Our team is made up of four wonderful students wanting to know about more about the world and more about pollution. Those students are Delaney Vroom, Lindsay Brion, Noah Cooper, and Noah Trimer. Now, to get back to our message, just imagine yourself standing on the white beaches of Bora Bora, One of the most beautiful destinations in the world. The sun slowly setting down towards the crystal blue waves as their tide is rolling (coughs) towards your feet. The birds chirp in the distance as you hear the wind stir within the towering palm trees behind you. Suddenly, you feel a slight tap on your ankle. You look down. You see a plastic bottle that has invaded the Earth. and the ocean, and the waves, and the fish. A place many call home. You look out further and see thousands and upon thousands of pieces of garbage suffocating the waters you once loved.
1: This is ocean pollution. Oceans have been taken captive by humans' careless actions. We treat the ocean like it is our landfill, dumping waste into the deep seas without even batting an eye. We've made what was once beautiful into a vast wasteland.
2: If our careless actions continue to destroy our oceans, by 2050, individual pieces of trash will outnumber the fish in the sea.
0: About 80% of ocean pollution comes from littered trash on land and 20% is from marine shipping and fishing.
1: And approximately 8 million tons of trash is brought into the ocean from the coast every year.
0: More than 25% of samples of fish and shellfish from markets in California and Indonesia contain some source of plastic.
2: Ever since the petroleum plastics have become a production in 1950, researchers have found that less than 10% of all plastic gets recycled. Of course, ocean pollution didn't just happen on its own, it had to have a source, and we are that source. The two main agitators of ocean pollution are microplastics and farm runoff. What are microplastics, you may ask? You may think seeing is believing, but you better believe that microscopic trash exists. Microplastics are extremely small pieces of trash debris in the environment, resulting from the disposal and breakdown of consumer products and industrial waste. Everyday items like toothpaste, soap, and other personal care products are too small to be filtered out of the water that is disposed back into the ocean. These tiny pieces of trash in the water are eaten by fish, birds, turtles, and even plankton, wreaking all sorts of havoc. The major threat that microplastics pose is whale pre- reproductive rates. After consumption, the toxic chemicals from the microplastics destroy the whale's body, including the reproductive system, creating a worldwide decrease in whale population.
0: Now, farm enough is something that all Iowans are guilty of. It's when chemicals found in loose farming soils are swept into main waterways, like the Mississippi, when flooding occurs and is carried into all oceans.
1: Farm runoff has major consequences, like algae blooms. Chemicals cause algae to overtake bodies of water. When the algae dies and decomposes, it consumes all of the oxygen in the water and causes marine life to die due to lack of necessary oxygen and nutrients.
2: Okay, so what is your job?
3: I'm a natural resource biologist for the state of Iowa. So um, I'm a wildlife biologist. I cover seven counties in central Iowa. And so my main purpose, my job is to manage public lands. So we have um, we have about uh, 47,000 acres we manage of land. And so that's working with land, but then the other part of my job is working with people and they have questions on wildlife um, general natural resource questions in those seven county area they call um, from the thing from possums under their deck to um, yeah you know uh, geese that are i guess aggressive attacking people things like mm-hmm. that so it's quite variable
2: okay and what is uh far, farm runoff surface runoff
3: Right. So, yeah, you know, natural resources, we deal a lot with erosion in Iowa. And a lot of the wildlife areas we plant down to help prevent some of that with, like, native grass. And so, um, you know, farm runoff in Iowa, especially in this part of the state, um, where it's not real flat, you tend to get a lot of surface erosion. So anytime there's a hill, you get runoff with that. So in areas where it's real flat, if you go north-central Iowa, erosion is still a problem. But as you get in southern Iowa... um, Bigger hills mean more runoff in the rains, basically. And we have row crops, you know, bare dirt, it's just a perfect storm to have runoff. You know, if there's no cover crop or anything holding the soil, um, that's what plants do is hold the soil. So in a natural situation, you have prairie grass, it really holds the soil good. But as soon as you disturb it and uproot it, which is farming, it's constant disturbance, you know, to plant the crops, um, it can cause some pretty major erosion, Um, especially when you get... You know, some studies have shown a lot of these, you know, you get erosion, but anything above an inch is when you really start to get the heavy erosion. So if you think you get, you know, when you've had these four, five, six-inch rains even in the past in one episode, I mean, you can just have um, tons and tons of soil go down the hill, especially the first time of the year when the crops aren't present. You know, there's nothing to hold the soil at that point.
2: And with the Mississippi being one of the borders of Iowa... How does Iowa affect ocean pollution and water quality?
3: Sure. Well, you know, everything runs downhill. It's like Red Rock here in the Des Moines River. It's silting in. If you mm-hmm. go in the upper parts of Red Rock, you can see more and more mudflats that keep showing up. So eventually, like Red Rock will fill up silt. And so that's holding the silt back of the dam. Um, but, you know, a lot of the um, like fertilizer runoff that goes through the water keeps on going down. And that's what's causing the dead zone. Is the nitrogen levels um, basically eats up the oxygen? You get in the, the Gulf of Mexico, they call the dead zone. It's it's just lack of oxygen, so things just tend to you know die there, um, and that's directly related to what's flowing downstream. You know if, if chemicals or anything are up in Minnesota, the Mississippi starts. It'll eventually get down to the Gulf of Mexico where it ends. So uh, so yeah, it's 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 really highly connected when you look at a watershed you know if you look at the mississippi watershed how many um millions of um of acres that is you know it's all headed to the same point right in new orleans so um that's why we got to be you know real real careful on what we send down the stream because it it affects all the way down to the ocean and you know it's pretty can be pretty significant so
2: and do you know of any organizations that are working to Help like control what chemicals we put in to reduce dead zones in the Gulf of Mexico and
3: pollution. Oh yeah, there's several. There's you know state agencies like the Iowa. Um, the DNR has sort of their environmental protection agency. But what they do is they regulate, um, like if manure is spread or from um, hog confinements or things like that. You know what people can do on the landscape. Um, there's a lot of government programs too. CRP programs called Conservation Reserve Programs. And those are basically to take some of these highly erodible lands. So if you think, you know, like I said, some areas you can farm, row crop, and have, you know, minimal erosion, flat areas. And then areas that are really hilly have a lot of erosion. So what they've done is basically paid farmers to not farm that because it's highly erodible soil. They have all the different soils in Iowa labeled what kind of soil they are. And the highly erodible soils are basically paid a farmer to put in, like, prairie grass to hold the soil. Um, And then there's other, you know, NGOs, non-governmental agencies, like Nature Conservancy. You know, and they're partnering with government agencies trying to reduce the flow down there. Um, So, yeah, right now, federal government has lots of programs um, to help, you know, put habitat back on the land and also prevent some erosion. You know, the state agencies monitor, um, well, fertilizer, herbicide use, things like that. Um, and then there's agencies like the department I'm in that actually will, you know, put habitat in to prevent those erodible areas. Or areas that continually flood that, you know, aren't good farmland anyway to try to put those back to wetlands. You know, because a big part is trying to restore the wetlands that used to be here because the wetlands are sort of the filter before it gets into the river. So if we can create more filters and it'll catch some of those chemicals and runoff, it'll catch it before it gets into the river. And then once it's in the river, you know it's unless you have a dam like Red Rock, the water still flows through. The sediment won't.
0: Mm-hmm. For most
3: of it. some of it will. A lot of it settles out. So we're gonna have a nice big full sediment basin here eventually. And lots <laughs> of topsoil from Iowa. So.
2: Okay. And I think that's all. we have corrupted the harmony of the ocean but that doesn't mean we can't fix it in genesis 2:15, it says the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and keep it there are little things you can do in your everyday life to take care of the earth
0: the first thing you can do is be mindful of what you buy try buying biodegradable products or recyclable products Cut down on plastic water bottles and opt for reusable water bottles. Maybe even try using less paper.
1: And after using your products, recycle them. Many daily household products can be recycled at local redemptions.
0: (laughs) At the redemption centers. Pop cans and bottles can be turned in at these centers instead of ending up inside of our oceans.
2: Lastly, reach out in your community. There are lots of ways you can help like cleaning up trash along highways, picking up trash that have been dropped on sidewalks in your local neighborhood, and cleaning parking lots around your community.
0: While there are little things you can do in your community, global projects are in action to clean out the ocean. One organization is Oceana. Oceana is a non-profit organization that is working to restore our oceans. Ninety-six percent of all oceans are affected by the carelessness of our human actions.
1: Obviously, Iowa is landlocked, so we tend to make an excuse that we can't help with the ocean cleanup effects. This is how Oceana comes into play. Oceana works to create and approve international laws that help preserve our oceans.
2: How you can help is by donating money to Oceana to fund their projects that are working to save marine life. You can find out more about Oceana at www.oceana.org. Are you ready to save the ocean, or are you going to let humans kill everything that it has to offer for the world? Join us in our fight to preserve and restore one of Earth's most beautiful creations, the ocean.